Welcome to the Gospel Project for Adults Weekly Leader Training Podcast. I'm Daniel Davis. This week we conclude Volume 10 with Unit 30, Session 5, titled The Church Preaches the Gospel, which is focused on the doctrine and practice of evangelism. With our doctrine-focused sessions at the end of each unit, we sometimes take a little liberty to deviate from the biblical storyline to dive deeper into a doctrine. Here, we will be jumping back to the Gospel of Matthew for the majority of this particular study. In Matthew chapters 9-10, through 10, Jesus taught people about the kingdom of God and showed the kingdom's power through deeds of love and mercy. Jesus also set up and commissioned his disciples to follow the example he set for sharing the good news of the kingdom, and then he sent them out as his representatives. We also spend a little time in Romans 10, a foundational passage for understanding the gospel and what it means to share it. Romans 10 reveals a glimpse of Paul's heart for evangelism. By virtue of his conversion and calling, Paul was the foremost example of evangelism and church planting after Jesus' resurrection. His work spread the church throughout the known world of his day, and Paul echoed Jesus' call for Christians to share the gospel with others. Our God is ascending God. The Father sent the Son for the salvation of the world. The Father and the Son sent the Holy Spirit for the conviction of the world and the strengthening of the church. And God has sent His people into the world to tell others about Christ, so they too may become His people by repentance and faith in Jesus. In point one, we see that God's people are to pray for the world with compassion. In the midst of preaching the good news of the kingdom, which no doubt involved the preaching of repentance and faith, Jesus also healed diseases and sickness. His gospel would not be divorced from his compassion for people to address their physical and emotional needs. And in this, Jesus sets the pattern that his followers should follow with respect to their evangelism. The doctrinal explanation of evangelism in this session ends with the truth that it is the duty of every child of God to seek constantly to win the lost to Christ by verbal witness undergirded by a Christian lifestyle. That lifestyle will be one of striving for holiness, repentance, and faithful obedience instead of living in sin. But it will also include a lifestyle of compassion for others who are struggling and in need. We will leave the discussion of this point as incomplete if we don't address the importance of prayer in the mission of evangelism. Jesus taught his disciples to pray for the Lord to send out workers into the harvest. Of course, this will include the raising up of cross-cultural missionaries, but it will also include all believers taking seriously their responsibility and privilege to make disciples of all nations, even the one here at home. And as we pray for more workers, more evangelists, let us also pray for our own obedience in this regard. Let us make sure that we are numbered among those workers sent out into the fields ripe for harvest, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. In point two, we see that God's people are to go into the world with assurance. In light of the previous passage about praying for workers to be sent out, Jesus began the answer to that prayer by sending out his disciples on a short-term mission. And true to the idea that the disciples were to be his representatives, he gave his disciples authority to do the very things he had been doing, drive out unclean spirits, and heal diseases and sickness. We encourage you not to get lost in the what about questions regarding exorcisms and healings in our context, but instead focus on the point 
that God uses people to do His work in the world. Jesus would eventually commission His disciples in the Great Commission to do at large what He was commanding them to do here in a limited area. Here, they weren't to go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans, but solely to the lost sheep of Israel, in keeping with Jesus' mission, first to the Jews, then to the world. In the Great Commission, this mission is expanded to making disciples of all nations, of both Jew and Gentile alike. Jesus' instructions here must not be seen as racism, as some might and have suggested. That would be making Jesus into a sinner in need of repentance, and thus one wholly unfit to secure our salvation through his substitutionary death on the cross. No, this isn't racism, but timing and gospel clarity. The kingdom is a promise grounded in the Jewish history and scriptures. The proclamation of the kingdom through the gospel of Jesus Christ would indeed go to the Samaritans and the Gentiles, but first, by God's design, it would go to the people of Israel, in keeping with his promises to his chosen people. Jesus gave his disciples authority for their mission, but he also commanded them to humbly rely upon the provision of God for their mission. The same is no less true today. We must never forget that it is the Lord who provides for our needs and sustains us with our daily bread. Every aspect of this mission for the disciples was a step of faith, and the same is true for us in carrying out the Great Commission. We pray in faith for the Lord to send workers. We step out in faith to share the gospel with others. We go in faith to other nations with the gospel. And we live in faith, trusting the Lord to provide us with all that we need to carry out His mission of making disciples of all nations. In point three, we look at two passages to see that God's people are to preach to the world with urgency. In the previous point, Jesus told his disciples to shake the dust off their feet when leaving a house or town that would not listen to their message, a visible sign of distance and distinction between two parties. Matthew 10.15 in this point follows up with the warning of God's judgment upon those who refuse to listen to and heed the proclamation of the gospel and the kingdom. Sodom and Gomorrah were two towns destroyed by fire in Genesis 19 for their wickedness. They were inhospitable, uncaring, and sexually perverse. But their destruction came for their rejection of God at a time when there was only a little light. So Jesus, who is the incarnate Son of God, the light of the world, declared that judgment would be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah than for any homes or towns that rejected the witness of Jesus' disciples. The point to make here is that judgment will come upon all who reject Jesus and his gospel. But this judgment doesn't just include corrupt cities like Sodom and Gomorrah, or towns that have rejected the witness of the gospel. It includes all people, everywhere. Because in our sin, we have all rejected God, regardless of the level of light we have been given. So, if judgment is guaranteed for every sinner, what's the hope? The hope, we know, is and will always be the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Salvation is promised and granted to all those who call upon the name of the Lord in repentance and faith. And according to the truth of God's word earlier in Romans 10, the Lord we call upon is Jesus Christ. But the logic of salvation is this. We call upon Jesus because we believe in him. And we believe because we've heard about him. 
and we've heard about him because someone shared him with us, and that someone was sent to us. Apart from faith in Jesus, there is no salvation. This is a foundational gospel truth. And it is equally true that apart from the preaching of Jesus, there is no salvation. People will not believe and call upon Jesus unless they hear about him. For in God's sovereign plan, faith comes by hearing the message about Christ, as is said in Romans 10.17. We cannot expect a one-to-one correspondence that those who hear will always believe, because that just isn't true. But we can safely say and believe that all those who don't hear won't believe. Thus, the urgency. The gift of salvation and eternal life is bestowed upon people who believe after hearing the good news about Jesus. So let us share about him with urgency. Just as Jesus came into the world so that people might come to have saving faith in him, the church has been sent throughout the world to proclaim salvation that can only be found in Jesus Christ through repentance and faith in him. Because we believers have come to know Jesus, at least in part through the faithful evangelism of others, we should joyfully embrace the duty and privilege of making Jesus known to the nations, so that even more disciples will be made and then sent into the harvest. Thanks for listening to this week's leader training for the Gospel Project for Adults. For more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com. Thank you.